In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Today we continue our fall theme, God is doing a new thing. Last week we kind of kicked this off and we talked about the way in which God functions in the world per Jesus's parable about going and seeking after the lost sheep and the lost coin and how we are actually the ones that God is seeking. We are the ones being sought because we can actually do something powerful in this world. And so the idea here over these next few months is that we talk about the way that God is doing something new and we are trying to open ourselves up to that new thing that God is doing so that we can be part of God's good work. So as one asks another, what's new? Is God doing anything new in your life? Have you heard something new this past week? If not, no worries. But I hope that you are beginning to open yourself up in ways that may help you identify what God is trying to say, what God may be putting in front of you in your path and pulling you to do something in new ways. Now, there is a way that we classically open ourselves up to this kind of listening and seeing, and that is through prayer. Prayer is one of those good things that we all would like to do more often and perhaps do in a bit more of an effective way. And I was talking with a friend this past week and something came up about prayer and he said, oh, well, Episcopalians love to pray. And I said, in what way? And he said, well, you know, when people are asked to pray just out loud, and I said, extemporaneously? And he said, yeah, all the Episcopalians I know love to pray extemporaneously. And I thought, you know, with a big heart, not the ones I know. Um, so I hope that those of you who might be sitting there thinking, you know, prayer, good idea, not entirely sure how to do it, not good practice, are doing our podcasts. We started our weekday podcast last week. These are daily little meditations, less than 10 minutes that kind of help center you on prayer because prayer really does two powerful things. The first is that prayer centers us on God. And so by being guided in prayer or doing your own prayers, we really start by trying to silence all of the noise around us and center ourselves on God. But the second real benefit of prayer is that we prepare ourselves to see or to hear what God is doing around us because God does new things all the time. Prayer is one way to open ourselves up so that when we hear something like today's parable in the gospel, we can make some sense out of it. Today's parable, however, seems a bit odd. The first time I read it, I thought, okay, here we go. It's this dishonest steward who is selfish and self-serving. I mean, tee this parable up and it's pretty clear. This man's about to be fired. And so he's a little concerned because he's not entirely sure what else he can do besides the work that he has been doing. And so he figures out if he can become indebted to all the people who are indebted to his boss, then perhaps he's got a way to make some money and make a living once he is fired from his job. And so he brings these people in and he begins to cancel off portions of their debt so that they like him a lot more than his boss. So when he gets canned, he's going to have some people he can go to and get some stuff from. Now, if you're like me, you kind of read him doing this stuff and I was like, here comes the hammer, right? Because that's obviously not going to work, right? I mean, he's sort of a jerk and he's selfish. And then what happens? He gets praised. 
praised for being shrewd. I mean, literally, the master commended the dishonest minister. That is interesting. And then he says, he was more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the children of light. Okay, children of light. That sounds important, right? And then... He says, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth. This is coming from Jesus. What? And then he says, whoever's faithful in a little is faithful in much. Yes, that sounds about right. But then if you've not been faithful with dishonest wealth, who's going to trust you with true riches? What? And then no slave can serve two masters. I'm like, whoa, Jesus, listen. Every single sentence seems to be pivoting in some weird way. And so what then do we make of this kind of story? It kind of made me think, this past week, I ran over to North Carolina to meet some colleagues. And as I was coming back into DFW, we're descending for a landing and I looked out the window and there's another plane tracking our plane, like move for move. I mean, coming down for a landing on the other side of DFW, which genuinely is a gigantic place. And as they're coming down for a landing with us, another plane is turning around them that had just taken off. And as we're about to touch down, another plane's taking off between the two planes that are landing. And I thought, this is crazy. And it's kind of so much of our life, right? I mean, there are so many times when it feels like we're keeping so many balls up in the air and trying not to make things fall. It's like we're there in the DFW tower trying to keep bad stuff from happening as best we can. We're all working on a lot of things at once. Life is busy and complicated and demanding, and it is easy. It's really easy for us to essentially lose our way, to kind of forget what God's really calling us to do. Jesus understands that our lives are complicated. Jesus understands that there are many, many pressures pulling us in every single direction. And it's easy for us to drift away. I mean, when we read today's parable, I think it's easy for us to pin the shrewd manager as not being a great example of what we're supposed to do. But rather than judge that shrewd manager, perhaps the point is that we, we are like that steward. We are each given things to steward. And as we steward those gifts, whether those gifts are personality traits or skills or money or anything, we are called to do so with a shrewd eye to the way that God works in the world. Jesus points out that those who are seeking a life of faith, those children of light, aren't as shrewd as the ones who just live for themselves in the world. It's very interesting that he turns this phrase that way because as I think Jesus is trying to say, the children of light have often lose the big picture. We as those trying to follow Jesus often lose what is really the macro message that God is trying to make in our lives, get us to lead lives of real genuine purpose beyond ourselves. In other words, at some point, we, those faithful children of light, we stop living, thinking and believing like Jesus is the actual way. At some point, we as the children of light forget that Jesus knows us and knows our struggles and knows our faults and gosh, loves us anyway, which is so great. At some point, we forget that our hope is in God alone that only God saves us from ourselves. At some point, we lose the faith in the gifts that God has given us to be used for God's bigger purpose. You know, each of us who are here today 
are seeking after God in some way. Each of us who are here today are trying to figure out what God wishes us to do. But being a disciple of Jesus, following Jesus, is a call to a higher purpose, to a higher life. And being a disciple of Jesus means that we're supposed to use the gifts we have, use those gifts that we have been given in order to help build God's kingdom on earth. Being a disciple of Jesus means that we're to live with that sure confidence that everything we are and everything we have, it came from God in the first place. It doesn't actually belong to us, that we are simply holding on to it and using it for good purposes, not just for our own security, not just for our own pleasure or convenience. We, as disciples of Jesus, mean to come here to help remind one another how powerfully we can use the gifts we have been given for the good of the world. For each one of us, our journey is far from over. We are living our lives every single day with a hope that there is more than what we see in front of us. This time, this fall here at St. Michael, we are invited to allow ourselves to open up, to crack that shell that protects us and that creates the security that is false anyway, and to allow God's spirit to break through and to nudge us and to point us and to perhaps compel us to do things that may not make a lot of worldly sense, but actually call us into a faithfulness that goes beyond our understanding. Jesus is calling us into a life that may not look like the right kind of life the world wishes us to live, but is so deeply faithful and purposeful that when we commit and when we step out, knowing that God is with us, we can actually begin to impact the world around us in such a profound way that not only are we changed, but the world around us is changed for the better. Today, we're being reminded once again to listen to what God is saying, to watch what God is doing, and to not disconnect ourselves from a faithful call that can put us in a position that we never imagined we would be in, but instead to allow God's lead to use the gifts he gave us in the first place to help change the world for the good. So listen and look, say your prayers, and I bet God will have something fun and new to do for you this week. Amen.